0: And go forever. I'm Eric Drews broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin And we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire uh, I, I don't even know how to begin this podcast The Packers lose to the Chicago Bears 27-20 But that seems completely inconsequential to what happened early in the game Which is a devastating injury to Aaron Rodgers uh, The initial reports were that he would be out three weeks uh, Now Aaron Rodgers himself saying he has no timetable for a return um, This was something he mentioned himself on his afternoon radio show uh, today. So obviously that's going to be the big story. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game. There were some other things that uh, came out through the game that were cause for some concern. Uh, but, Matt, I'll bring you in here, and I really don't even know where to begin with this. Obviously we know that this is a threat Every time uh, the Packers play, or any time any team plays, that you could have some star players get hurt. You always hope it doesn't happen to your favorite player, but uh, uh, it happened to the most important guy for the Packers, and I wrote a little bit about this on a, a new piece I've done on our website, and one play took the Packers from a Super Bowl uh, favorite, a big-time competitor in the NFC to um, a team who might not be very good.
1: Well, right, and we knew that's what was going to happen if anything were to happen, to Aaron Rodgers, and we talked about it multiple times, you know, during the season because we've talked about the injury thing countless times, you know, kind of a tired thing. But we every time we talked about it, we said as long as 12's out there, the team's got a chance. And I, I remember you texted me; I think it was on um, on Sunday during the rest of the games, and you said, "Is it possible that we're the best team in the NFL right now?" Because all of these so-called best teams just were not looking very good and and not convincing. And I was kind of starting to believe that too that. It looked like, man, maybe once we get healthy, that we're the team to beat, even potentially. And then, obviously, now depending on how this hap- or you know how long he's out, mm-hmm. that uh, that could change everything. I mean, we might not even be a playoff team anymore, despite how well we started the season. So, mm-hmm. obviously, this is the one injury on the team that can't happen. You can't afford to happen, and is a complete season turner. So, um, you know, if he's out, even if he's out three weeks, I mean, that could completely just ruin your chances at even sneaking into the playoffs. So. It's going to be a huge hill to climb. I mean, even if he's out two weeks, I mean, you're still at a huge disadvantage and you're probably losing two games.
0: Yeah, definitely. And what a horrible time to have him go down. Not not that it's ever a good time and obviously the later in the season, uh, the worse off. But assuming at this point, which we don't know that he can come back this year, which that's certainly not a definite, the games that he was able to play... Are essentially meaningless wins. Uh, you can't really say that about any NFC, or uh, about any NFL season, but he beat a bunch of AFC teams. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, now we have the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a chance to get within a half game of the Packers with a win on Sunday in the wild card race. Then you play the New York Giants, who are always going to be tough. Then you play the Minnesota Vikings, and then you play the Detroit Lions. Um, so you have a potential that this injury is going to cost you three division games. Well, name me the last division winner to win their um, division with three losses to their uh, rivals. And so this is just a really... But at the same point, I, I, I don't even know. It, it, it just feels like... I, I don't know. It, this is just a devastating injury to a season that looked like it had a ton of potential.
1: And it's just so frustrating. I mean, like I said, we talked about injuries all season, but as soon as he went down yesterday, even before, like, anybody noticed, just seeing the way he got tackled, I was like, oh, dislocated shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then all of a sudden I saw him grimace, and I was like, oh, shoot, I was just hoping I was wrong there. But that's exactly how somebody goes down when they break their collarbone or dislocate their shoulder, and it ended up being the collarbone, as far as I know at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. It um, is. Collarbone. Yeah.
1: So I – and after that happened, I mean, normally I'd be excited to watch, you know, a backup quarterback and see Seneca Wallace suit up and get on the field and try to lead the team to victory, but I was just so frustrated and so disappointed after that injury. I, I almost didn't care to watch the rest of the game and yeah. obviously I did, um, but it was hard to really get into it just because there's kind of the Packer depression that it puts in knowing <laughs> that You know, what's coming ahead after this and and knowing that he could be out potentially even for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, This team had so much promise and looked so good and you just, with one snap, you know, your season might be completely turned around and completely ruined.
0: Yeah, I was furious after that injury and it, I directed my anger at everybody with a Packer uniform on and everybody with a Bear uniform on and I, I was just so mad and I've calmed down a little bit now The play uh, I talked about a little bit on the website It David Bakhtiari got whooped That caused Rodgers to have to scramble Then Don Barclay let his guy get free And then Rodgers, in an effort to remain upright Kind of struggled more than maybe uh, uh, If he would have went down right away Maybe it would have been better But he struggled because you know every quarterback does that And then he just got kind of wrestled down really hard on his arm at first I wanted to blame Rodgers for holding the ball too long. I got my stopwatch out this morning. It was four seconds from the snap to him being contacted, and that's with a scramble. So that's not anything a quarterback can, you know, if, if you're scrambling a second and a half, two seconds into your drop back on the goal line where there's less space, you need to kind of wait a minute anyways, uh, that's certainly not Rodgers' fault. You, you can kind of you'd like to see a little bit of a different play call, but they've done that a ton of times, and it hasn't resulted in Aaron Rodgers getting injured. I think I was just most angry because since that 2011 loss in the playoffs, the I have tried really hard to kind of be more realistic about the chances of the Packers, and last year I, I didn't let myself, I still enjoyed the season tremendously, but I didn't let myself get caught up in believing that this was a Super Bowl team, because I honestly didn't believe it. And as this season kind of went on, and as I saw the rest of the landscape, I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, that this team had another chance to win a Super Bowl. And I felt like I was not going to let that happen anymore from a fan standpoint. And then as soon as you start kind of believing in it, the whole thing just gets ripped right from underneath your feet. And I just felt like, gosh... Sports just has a tendency to do that, where you just kind of watch, and then you're hopeful, and then you think, then you finally believe, and then it all comes crashing down, and for some reason, that's supposed to be a fun experience for us fans to have that kind of, um, uh, I guess, attachment to what what is going on, but man, it, it just almost felt like you were cheated after seeing what happened last night.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm like you. I was uh I was angry, but unfortunately, in my case, I had a, a sleeping wife, and I was the only one there. <laughs> so, I was just trying to direct my anger at something, but I didn't even know what I was mad at. I was definitely pissed off, but it's like, what am I even mad at? It, it was kind of like I'm just mad at at the football gods and yeah. and just the sport in general that this has to happen. And I think you're right. I mean, it, it, maybe it's one of the things that attracts us to sports because it's such a broad range of emotions that. Um, when you're involved in it and you're so into it, it's something that you don't experience. I
0: yeah. mean, you can
1: experience a loss like that and be crushed, but as opposed to in your real life, if you experience a real loss, you know, it's, <laughs> it's devastating where this obviously <laughs> yeah. is a person you come back from. Sure. Um, so I guess, yeah, maybe that's, it's, it is part of sports and it happens and, and every team and every sport deals with this at some point. So, um, you know, we've been getting the devastating injuries over the last few years, but this is the biggest one so far. So, um, You know, again, on the bright side, if they can fight through this, if they can even get one win over the next three weeks, if that is, in fact, the timetable, I mean, they might still be in a pretty good spot. You know, you're getting Randall Cobb back, you're getting Clay back, you know, you're getting some other guys back, too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just maybe the season's not completely lost, but it sure doesn't look bright right now.
0: Yeah, and with the comments this afternoon of Aaron Rodgers saying he really doesn't have a timetable, I'm wondering if. You almost play the wait and see game a little bit with him Because if they drop the, the game to Philadelphia Then they lose to the Giants um, If it's not looking good for Aaron I'm tempted to shut him down I would not play him With a suspect collarbone For a 5-7 and seven football team No way would I do that. I know he's a competitor and he wants to prove his toughness, and I know he would never admit it, but that's always seemed to be an important thing to him ever since he got here, that he didn't want people to think that Brett was tougher than him. And if I was in his position, I would feel the exact same way after what Brett's done. And I think he would go back before a doctor would recommend it. And I know McCarthy always to quote him, plays the high side of caution with injuries. But I would make the decision for him that if I'm 5-5, five and 5-6, five, five and six, you're done. I don't care if we go on a little bit of a run. I will sacrifice this entire season for risk of you re-injuring it and then basically shortening your career by two or three years. We don't want you to be Ben Roethlisberger where you're playing 13 games a season. We can't afford that. We're not good enough. It's too hard to rebuild, to be a team that good with how much money we've spent on Aaron and Clay. And so you might get some guys back. Finley just got ir today. Randall Cobb's still on that uh, reassessment IR where they can bring him back. I say, and maybe that puts a lot of pressure on the guys now, but maybe they deserve some of that pressure, that if you don't win at least one of the next two games, Aaron's done. I don't care how healthy he thinks he is.
1: Sure. Yeah, and this is one of those injuries that I guess I'm not sure what the fracture, I'm not sure what the, the liability for re-injury is at all. So, I mean, if he's healed up after three weeks and there's no difference to before and after I guess I I don't have a problem with him coming back obviously, mm-hmm. especially if we're only like five and five, it's still definitely in the mix there. I mean if we have to go five and one over the last six games that's not completely unrealistic. Yeah. Um but at the same token, like you said, I think if we do go in there I think if we're five and five, five and six, he probably plays if he's healthy and I think selfishly I, I would like to see that too mm-hmm. but at the, but if they're at the point where you know he's out a little longer they're five and seven five and eight I think at that point you definitely have to sit him out mm-hmm. um and I think to what you said I think he'll definitely want to come back and finish the year but I think it's up to the Packers to not allow that to happen so mm-hmm. uh we can cross that bridge when it comes I guess we'll see how long he's really out for but if you know if we win one here or 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 you know not in some way, if we can win two games over the next three or four weeks, I think we're still in a spot where we could win the division or sneak in as a wild card. So I, I would imagine he'll be back.
0: Yeah, and that's the scary part of it. And you would like to see them beat Philadelphia this week. It's at home. Well, I, I guess, um, uh, gosh, I, I always want to call him Mike Kafka. Nick Foles uh, is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL now, uh, after playing the Raiders this past week. But... You would like to see them maybe squeak out a win against this team, and you kinda have to assess who they're beating and who they're losing to as well. I mean, if they lose to the Giants, it's not as bad as if they lost, or if they lost to the Vikings. It's not as bad as if they lost to Philadelphia, or if they lost to the Lions. They need to beat Detroit, if they're gonna have a chance to win this division. They have to win that game. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is there or not, but if they lose to Detroit, it's it's basically over from the division standpoint, I would think, uh, because you lost to the Bears, you might have lost to the Vikings. It completely negates all your tiebreakers. If you lose to Philadelphia, it makes your uh, road to the wild card incredibly hard. So I know you, as a football coach, can't be looking at those kind of things. You never know what could happen. You know, if you go 10 and 6, uh, you can outright potentially get the sixth seed, but you kind of have to pay attention to these things and weigh your averages. Are you going to take the chance of putting Rodgers on the field in hopes that he wins five straight. Um, When you still have to play at Chicago, you have to host some really good quarterbacks. When it's pretty apparent still, even if Mike McCarthy wants to believe otherwise, that Dom Capers' defense isn't very good against good quarterbacks, you're really setting yourself up to have Rodgers press, to have your whole team press. I just don't think it's worth it. And having seen them the way they played against Josh McCown, it's completely... um, Renewed my lack of confidence in Dom Capers' defense to where are they really a legitimate threat to stop Colin Kaepernick or even what would what is Dallas going to do to him in December? This this defense looks in shambles again, and I'm not putting Rodgers on the field if I don't have a a better than chance uh, odds of going to the playoffs.
1: Sure, yeah, and I completely agree. And there's there's really no way you can make that decision at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean I guess they have to kind of see how things play out and I agree if there's chance that Rodgers can get re-hurt again I am fine with him sitting but I it's it's so hard to tell at this point I mean if what the Lions are going to do over the next few games or what Chicago is going to do so um I I think we kind of play it by ear here and base it off that and if if we're still in the mix at the end I I think he definitely plays and I and I
0: hope he does Sure well, let's hope that we get some good news in the coming weeks and uh Aaron Rodgers can recover. Uh even I mean as as much as I'd like to see him shut shut him down for the future of the team and for the future of his health selfishly, you know. Um, he's only 30 years old in this December, but it would be it, you're getting nearer to the end of his career, I guess, and you know, any Rodgers football is better than no Rodgers football. So, you know, even if he's got to play a few games with a 5 and 9 record, I I wouldn't mind seeing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the rest of the team a little bit, and I don't know how to really express this, but when I was going to work today, I was kind of thinking about this game, and its it seems so harsh to say, but I almost didn't even want to call them a team after what we saw yesterday, and I know that they did some bright things, but... I heard Tramon Williams on the radio just talking about we believe in Seneca and we'll rally around Seneca and all of us have to step up. Rogers getting hurt is like anybody else getting hurt. You just next man up. And I'm like, if you honestly believe that, you're completely delusional. You guys are nothing without Aaron Rodgers. You've had countless opportunities to prove that you aren't just a bunch of people that happen to be wearing the same uniform as Aaron Rodgers. And as much as I criticize Aaron Rodgers, it has been completely obvious the last 3 seasons that they don't have squat to show for if Aaron Rodgers is not playing and their running game's kind of nice uh, their front seven is nice when they get to play real bad quarterbacks but i don't know how i don't i want i want to know what's going on in the uh in the honestly in the minds of the people in that organization now because they have to know that they're not very good without Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback hiding all their flaws
1: well, I mean, really, who is, though? I, you look at most of the teams around the league, if they're quarterbacks out there, nothing, too. I mean, ours is obviously to a more extreme case, but you see that with any team with an elite quarterback. If the Patriots lose Tom Brady, if the Broncos lose Peyton Manning, you know, and a number of other quarterbacks, too, yeah. I mean, they're, they're nothing. The, the teams are based around the quarterback these days, and if you don't have one, you're bad. I mean, look at all the teams under 500 right now. Yeah. So, I I mean, obviously, we're the
0: extreme. The Bears but, didn't look too bad last night. They had no, a backup, too. they definitely
1: too. didn't, and... And, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to kind of disagree with you a little bit on some of the things that you said, and I know that you're definitely in the uh, the majority today with everybody I've talked to, but honestly I didn't think that the defense was as bad as they're getting credit for today. I think they, they obviously got gashed by Forte and looked bad in that regard, and the receivers were, were open on a lot of slants and, and things like that. But for the most part, I mean, you look at the two touchdowns on both of the plays, McCown was getting hit, so the pass, pass rush was getting home, and both receivers were blanketed. Uh, Marshall on his, and then um, Alshon Jeffrey on his was absolutely covered by Devon House. Mm-hmm. And they're just big receivers that made really nice plays, and McCown just threw it up for him So, I mean, they only scored 24 points, or I'm sorry, 27 points. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they gave up 45, 50 points. And, and obviously you don't want to do that to Josh McCown, allow him to play that well. But he looked good. It's not like, you know, he's some schmuck out there. Like, he actually had a very good game.
0: He's so close I, to a schmuck, though. Come on. He, he, he,
1: in most other regards, he might be, and he probably will be next week if he has to play again, but he played very well last night, so mm-hmm. I think you have to give them some credit. I think their offense played well. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on a defense that, for the most part, has looked good in pretty much every game since week one. Mm-hmm. So, And the running game, like you mentioned, it was awesome last night. Lacey and Starks were great. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm taking away some positives from this game. I guess maybe I'm just trying to overcompensate, but mm-hmm. I... I'm not ready to to say this defense is just back to as bad as it's been the last couple of years after just one kind of average game.
0: Yeah, and I, I I I can't agree with that, and I I know I've kind of said my piece, but you say. People have said that Josh McCown played well last night, but how come these guys who can't play well against anybody else always seem to play well against Dom Capers? I mean, we've seen career days from Christian Ponder, and we've seen some effective games from just some other not very good quarterbacks. I mean, even guys like Blaine Gabbert and John Skelton and things like that have been almost awful, can't even get a first down against other teams, and they're able to go on long, sustained drives against Dom's team. I mean... Uh, we've seen this enough where everybody has an okay game against Dom Caper's defense. And now Aaron Rodgers has protected this defense somewhat in, in years past in that a lot of the turnovers that were forced, even when the defense was atrocious, like in 2011, were all caused because they were terrified of the Packers getting the football back without them scoring points. Mm-hmm. And so now teams literally can play the Kansas City Chiefs offense or a very conservative offense like the Bears played last night and just get first down, first down, first down. They had a nine-minute drive to end the game yesterday. And really it didn't even seem that hard. And this is with Josh McCown. What is Tony Romo going to do to this team? What is Eli Manning going to do to this team? What is the greatest quarterback of all time, Nick Foles, going to do to this team on (laughs) Sunday? There's no fear of the Packers with Dom's defense, and that running game's not gonna scare anybody, and I know a lot of people have said the running game is, you know, the running game has been awesome. They're number one in the league right now in yards per carry. They're number two in total rushing yards. They've been phenomenal. But, how many championships does Adrian Peterson have? And how many does the uh how many did the rams win in the 1970s when they were steamrolling everybody how many did Barry Sanders win a really good running game has uh, not really accumulated any kind of credentials over the years so i i think i, I they're not schmucks, and I was a little harsh on that, but holy smokes, do you lose almost everything that teams are afraid of once Aaron Rodgers is gone? And I know that's probably a lot of different teams, but we saw New England go 11-5 and with a Matt Castle, and we've, uh, we've seen Indianapolis, well, Andrew Luck's good, but, I, I don't know, I, I'm just angry. I'm still angry, so I guess I'll ramble a little bit today.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I I agree with you. I still don't think this defense is great by any means. I guess I'm just trying to say they're better than
0: they've been. I don't even but, know if they're good. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah.
1: But I mean, we both obviously have have wished that Dom Capers was not our defensive coordinator for a couple of years now, and I think most Packer fans have. So I'm I'm right with you there. And in terms of the running game, you know, it's not it's not something that's won championships lately. You're right. You know, Ever maybe, really? I mean, it's maybe <laughs> enough to carry us to you know. To a win or two over the next couple of weeks It's definitely a big asset if we have Aaron Rodgers with it But by itself is is obviously not enough mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I I think that we're different from the Patriots And some of those teams in the fact that we have Seneca Wallace as our backup quarterback mm-hmm. And I think that puts us at a disadvantage And maybe that's something we can talk about too Is what kind of steps the Packers have to take next Because you would think they have to bring somebody else in
0: Well, they passed on Matt Flynn today uh he cleared waivers without anybody making a claim on him and it sounds like they're not very interested um, obviously the kind of the crazy scenario that we've joked about a lot of times is not going to happen and that's Brett Favre uh Bus Cook insisting that uh Favre is retired uh it's funny to hear Bus Cook just throw these nuggets out constantly about oh Br- Brett's in the greatest shape of his life Brett's better than half the players in the league and then as soon as he actually does have opportunities to come back bus is like I was just joking But you know, whatever.
1: (laughs) I I know it's just a pipe dream, but and that would be so much fun. I wasn't, I was never the hugest Brett Favre fan compared to I think most of the Packer fans out there, and I was, I was kind of sour at him when he left, and I'm still just kind of getting over it. But as somebody who's on my side of the fence, it would be awesome to see number four run out of the tunnel one more time or two more times. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we lost both the games. I mean, that would just be the ultimate experience for all Packer fans. I mean, just to see that one more time, so mm-hmm. it's something we could dream about, but I mean, I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it, so, I mean, if if there was any way that that could happen, I would love it. It's not going to happen, obviously, but,
0: mm-hmm.
1: man, that would be something special.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would be so much fun, although, and I shouldn't even laugh about it, because it would be horrifying if it happened, but... I just envision, like, it being, like, a Saturday Night Live skit or some kind of bad, like, comedy movie where he comes out and there's the fanfare and everybody's going nuts and then on the first snap he, like, gets carted off and gets a concussion on, like, tripping on a handoff or something. Uh, but, yeah, I guess if you're, if they're gonna stink and they're gonna go six and ten or whatever, I'd rather them do it with Favre than have to watch Seneca Wallace try to learn an offense on the fly. Right. And I guess a major thing that we were fearful about during the offseason was their weird uh, quarterback handling and having three guys in camp and then saying, oh, they obviously don't want Graham, so it's going to be Coleman or Vince Young. And then they're like, nope, neither of these guys are going to cut it either. They completely uh, revamped their entire quarterback core behind Rodgers, and now it's coming back to bite them a little bit. And I know Seneca Wallace has some experience as a backup, but um, I didn't get a chance to re-watch the game, but from... The stuff I noticed when they actually did give kind of some wide shots and when they did decide to pass, it maybe they were just being conservative or whatnot, but it looked like they completely butchered their own offense once Seneca Wallace got in there, and that's somewhat understandable, but if you don't trust this guy to do what you do, why the hell is he your backup quarterback?
1: Right, and... It's, it's frustrating to know that, you know, you have nobody on your team that went through training camp now at the quarterback position that's actually had some time with his offense. I mean, he's been on the team for seven weeks, but that's not a lot in, I guess you could say, quarterback weeks. I mean, he's gotta learn everything. Yeah. And um, I mean, he's got experience, but I just, I don't, under, I don't know how he can be expected to not only pick this up so quick, but you know, the offense was was completely changed. And, and like you said, if you can't trust this guy to run your offense, why is he your backup? I mean, there's a 100 other guys out there that are probably at about the same skill level as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess you pick up somebody who you think can at least get close to running your offense, but he just looked pretty inaccurate and not really prepared to step in there. And I guess you never really are as Aaron Rodgers' backup, but it was kind of a rude awakening. So maybe with a week of, of you know starters reps under his belt and watching more game film, he'll be a little bit more impressive this week. In a a potentially winnable game But it was not pretty
0: Yeah, and and that was kind of the most concerning thing Was with how little they Seemed to trust him to do anything When, you know, in the past The Packers have not had many of these situations In the entirety of our Watching the team for the last two decades But I uh, instantly Remembered the game when Rodgers left with a concussion in 2010 And being frustrated By it at the time, but at least somewhat Understanding it, because McCarthy's always had this kind of ego about what their offense does. And just seeing them do nothing with Seneca Wallace, he threw like two passes beyond 10 yards, I think was the stat I heard. When Matt Flynn got in there, he had like five career pass attempts, and he's throwing... Trying to throw right down the seams into double coverage. On fourth down and one with the game on the line, he throws a Hail Mary, or he throws a fly route to Greg Jennings. So clearly they trusted him to run their stuff, even if they didn't expect the same results. And the fact that they didn't trust Seneca in the least to run their normal offense makes me think that they, they think of him not as even a guy who can just tread water, they think of him as an outright liability and then that brings the question again, why is he on your team at all if you don't think he can play? That's what backup is there. He's not just there because you need somebody to make sure that people don't get tangled in the cords. Yeah. And, and how does this not make
1: Matt Flynn a better option is what I'm kind of curious about. Mm-hmm. Because we've obviously seen him come in there. They obviously trusted him. He knows the system. And he's proven it on a game day. Granted, it was only one week. And two, he's that, a lot he played
0: of, real good in that New England game. He, he yeah, played
1: great in both starts. That's true. Yeah. So he had two good games as a starter. And uh, so he obviously proved he can run it, and he's out there just waiting for you to grab him. And for some reason you don't. So I mean, they seem to, as well as every other team in the league, seems to think Matt Flynn is the worst quarterback ever. Now that he's been out and <laughs> around a little bit, I mean, didn't the Bills just cut him? Isn't that yeah. who just released him?
0: Yeah, and, they and they're Jeff starting Tool Jeff. Lot, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there's things that we probably don't know, but from what we saw, he was pretty good. I don't, I don't know what happened or if he's just like the biggest jerk in the world or something, and everybody <laughs> hates him, but. I, I don't understand why you don't bring him back
0: Yeah I don't know maybe he just talks about His uh, national championship all the time And people just go oh, you had two losses Bro shut up <laughs> um, I don't know yeah you would Like to see him give him a chance Or something but How can even it, One of the rumors I heard is that his arm is Injured a little bit this year so that's why he's not Playing as well but how could he be worse than Scott Tolzien yeah. I mean he wasn't even Good at Wisconsin sometimes and I just don't understand. It's almost like Ted just wants to prove a point. Like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll turn Miles White into Randall Cobb. Yeah, Michael run the exact same plays in the red zone, even though we have Andrew Corliss and Miles White and Jared Boykin playing. It's like they just want to prove their system works so badly that it, it, I don't care. You can still reap all the benefits and, and go out and get somebody. You'll still get credit for making smart free agent moves and for making desperate moves in desperate times. Right. Uh, if it blew up in their face, if they went out and made a reach for a quarterback and it blew up in their face this season, would anybody think less of either of those guys?
1: I think even if it blew up, I think people would think more because it, should, it would show that they're finally willing to maybe swallow their pride a little bit and go against, you know, what they normally do. But I mean, we desperately need it, obviously. I mean, even if Seneca go, especially if Seneca goes down, maybe you're okay with Seneca being your starter, but what if he's out? You're really going to play Scott Tolzine? Mm-hmm. You've got to have at least another option. I think they definitely should be suiting up three quarterbacks on um, for the next few weeks when Rodgers is out and and Tolzien is not your backup. So, yeah, I I'm I'm I am i am do not know what to say. I mean, if if they do something, I would be very very appreciative. But I I highly doubt they will somehow.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I don't think they will either. But how do you not though? I I, I don't know. I. <laughs> I don't understand, it feels like they don't understand how important the quarterback position is to this team, and maybe they're just throwing in the towel, but how can you, how can you play Seneca Wallace? How can you go to sleep at night? I don't know about you, but pretty much when you're at work, the only thing you could say when you're putting together something or you're implementing a plan is, if this doesn't work, I can at least sleep good at night knowing that I tried. I did what I thought was the best idea. And how the hell can they think that this is the best option available to them right now? It doesn't make it, any sense.
1: It kind of, it's making me, when you're talking about that, it's kind of making me feel like how the uh, the Monday night announcers freaked out when uh, Josh Freeman played the other day for the Vikings or the other week. Yeah. And they were kind of talking about, you've got players out there playing injured, like you know, James Jones comes to mind, or Clay Matthews when he gets back. You have players out there laying it on the line playing injured, and you're putting Seneca Wallace on there at quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got everybody doing everything they can to win, and you're, and it's nothing against Seneca Wallace. I mean, he's probably a great guy, and he's trying his best as he can, and it and who knows, maybe you will have a good couple of weeks. But I would just like to see the front office maybe contribute a little bit more when the rest mm-hmm. of these players are, are trying their best to, to win games and, mm-hmm. you know, put them in a better position to help them win the games.
0: Well, and especially if, if everybody has these visions of a grand comeback at the end of the season where everybody gets healthy and everybody steamrolls into the playoffs and they're the hottest team going and they whoop up on all these susceptible leaders in the, the NFC, if they can't... Tread water, for lack of a new term that I just uh, used, if they can't tread water a little bit here, how easy is it going to be for Clay Matthews to be like, maybe you should take the pins out next week, doctor, I don't think my thumb's ready, or Randall Cobb saying, you know, I'm not ready to go yet, and who the heck could blame them, they're not stupid, why would you jeopardize, these guys are in their... Clay Matthews is what, like 27? Randall Cobb's like 23 or 4? Why the heck would you risk the rest of your career for a season that is lost? I don't care the rhetoric that Mike McCarthy has. I don't care what Jermond Williams says about their confidence in the team. They're not stupid. If Seneca Wallace isn't tons better than he was on Monday night, this team doesn't have a chance. It's over for this year. And I don't, I can't blame them for throwing in the towel. I would do the same thing. I've done it. I, I'm, I've done it now, and I have nothing on the line other than my Sunday afternoons.
1: Yeah, I, I've got nothing to add, but I, I to your point about like Clay and Cobb. I hope those guys don't come back. I, I think that they should be questionable until Rogers returns. basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just have them even if they're ready to go, just have them waiting until you know Rogers can play again. If he can't play, they're not playing because I don't want those two guys get up getting out there yeah. and getting re injured and everything. So
0: can they put that in the injury box score? Uh, <laughs> yeah, questionable pending. <laughs> awaiting aaron's diagnosis yeah yeah i don't think so either um oh man yeah so obviously this is going to be a a rough go of it i was thinking this on the way home from work apparently that's the only time i have a chance to think is when i'm driving to and from work um the rest of the time i just completely sit in a haze and don't have any thoughts going through my mind but um Just the way they played in the second half yesterday, and just the thought of how much of a struggle it's going to be for the next month at least, potentially the rest of the season, I I couldn't help but wonder how good of a fan I really am. And I feel like I'm a diehard Packer fan, I know you do too, but we started watching in 1994... They have been one of the best franchises in American pro sports since we started watching. And just the idea of horrible quarterback play, uh, playing against bad teams and still think you're going to lose, knowing that you have no chance to beat good teams, I'm not sure I could have taken it in the 1970s and the 1980s. Rot- trotting out Blair Keel to play Reggie White's Eagles, or trotting out Anthony Dillwig to play the 49ers or something. I just, I mean, I hope I don't have to find out, and I'm sure that, you know, we'll find out eventually because this string of great quarterbacks is not likely to continue for, you know, 80 years or whatever. But I don't know about you and you if you've thought about it on this level, but the thought of what's going to happen the rest of this season and how much um, frustration it's going to create every Sunday is just something I'm not looking forward to. And I'm going to stick through it. But the, the thought of that happening for 25 years is so overwhelming that I don't know if I could have done it.
1: That's funny that you bring that up because I, I had the same thought kind of cross my mind while I was watching the game last night because as I mentioned, like kind of when we started talking, I, I started to get a little disinterested after Rogers hurt just because I was so, you know, depressed about it and so upset. And I, like I was sitting there kind of watching the game, but not, you know, in my normal focus and everything. And mm-hmm. it's like, Man, how spoiled are we that we've seen such, you know, good teams over the last 20 years that, you know, when something like this happens, I mean, there's, there's Jacksonville Jaguar fans out there who watch every single game and, and I'm pissed off because our quarterback got hurt and we're still probably better than Jacksonville even with Seneca Wallace in the game. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're right. It's going to happen eventually. I mean, we're not going to be a a playoff team every year for the next 70 years. We're going to have bad teams. It's, uh, it it definitely is going to test the fandom of, of the Packer fans out there but I, I think the majority of the fan base is pretty strong. You'll definitely lose some of the stragglers when things like that start to happen, <laughs> but uh, I, th- I can't see any scenario where I'm not still watching every game on Sundays, just probably with a little less enthusiasm, maybe.
0: Yeah, it'll be kind of like how I watch the Brewers, where you... I-, I like football more than I like baseball, just... I. I... Can't describe why, but just for whatever reason, I enjoy watching the actual mechanics of the sport more than I, uh, for football than baseball. So I, I can't imagine I'd ever tune out of too many Packer games. But I still like baseball, and when the Brewers are on and when they stink, I'll start watching. And if they get down six nothing in the first three innings, I'm like, eh, whatever. And then you kind of just go on and maybe you're doing something else. But maybe I won't ever get to that point with the Packers. But you know, I like to think. That um you know everybody likes to think there's so many people that call themselves diehard fans especially people our age but we've never really experienced any of that losing and really it was two seasons and there there were I know we watched all the games in 2005 and 2008 when they had double digit losses but you know there there was far less enthusiasm across the board in this state for Packers football when they were five and eight or oh yeah you know we bought tickets to that Texans game for 38 bucks uh three days before the game I mean you. That, that would be impossible to do right now. Yeah, and you're absolutely
1: right. And I, I lived in Green Bay in, in 06 and 07, and it, it seemed like all of a sudden in 07 there seemed to be a lot more Packer fans than there had been the last couple of years around town. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially like the people in the dorm rooms, and all of a sudden wearing Packer jerseys and stuff in 07, and I was like, what's going on here? It's like, and I remember just kind of seeing the transformation of these bandwagoners. And, and we've been pretty good for the last, you know, with despite 08, we've been pretty darn good for the last, you know, six years. So. There's there's a there's a lot of those people out there, and I I'm definitely glad that I I'm not one of them. At least I don't think we'll see how extreme <laughs> this might get, but um, yeah, I I guess I don't even know, but
0: yeah yeah it'll be interesting. Uh, I did see some people leaving work today with some Packers clothes on and uh, some Packers jackets, and I was I was kind of proud of them. It's it always feels a little bit like having like a Gore Lieberman sticker on your car the day after a <laughs> Packers uh, loss, but you know hopefully. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't stay bad for a long time, and you know, even if Aaron Rodgers is out for the year, uh, I'm reasonably confident that he'll be back next year, and he'll still right. be pretty darn good. So um, we'll just have to test our fandom a little bit in the next coming weeks, and and maybe when uh, Rodgers comes back, people like me who complain about him holding the ball too long will gain an all new appreciation for just how damn good this guy is. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess we can talk about the rest of the NFL. Uh, obviously, the season. Doesn't matter. Who cares about the other teams? Now that the Packers stink, we're going to take our ball and go home. Um, We're we're not. But that's how it kind of feels like you want to do. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs, I actually got a chance to watch them play out of the Buffalo Bills, and it was incredibly frustrating for me, who's sort of a Bills fan and sort of irritated by Alex Smith, to watch the Kansas City Chiefs kind of have another slow monotonous win over the Bills basically created entirely by horrible decisions by a undrafted rookie free agent quarterback I don't know if you watch that game Matt but uh, are your thoughts any different about the now 9-0 and Kansas City Chiefs?
1: Well not really I mean it was obviously a sloppy game but that might have been one of the worst games they played all year too and Mm -hmm. they still won I mean granted it was given to them basically but I'm I predicted this team to go to the playoffs, and I'm happy that it looks like it's going to come true, but I'm still not saying this is a great team by any means. I mean, they're winning games. Their defense is very good, but they are what they are, and I don't think anybody's surprised that they won in a slop fest against a bad team. <laughs> yeah. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. They're still the same team that I think we all think they are, and they're mm-hmm. probably going to lose in the playoffs pretty early, but it's still impressive regardless of who you play or how you play it. It's still pretty darn impressive to go 9-0.
0: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, nine and zero is never anything you should have to try to explain away as a fluke. I mean, it's it's hard to win one game, as the Packers found out yesterday against a backup quarterback at home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to win nine in a row is pretty impressive. Um, I was going to post something about this either on the website or the Facebook page, uh, just because I thought it was an interesting factoid. Um, The Chiefs are a weird nine and zero team, and people are trying to assess them and. Who came to mind for me is the 2008 Titans, and I don't know if people remember them, but they had Kerry Collins at quarterback. They started 10 and 0. They finished 13 and 3, uh, and won the one seed in the AFC, and then lost to the rookie Joe Flacco-led Baltimore Ravens in their first playoff game, 13 to 10, and one of my favorite low-scoring slobberknocker playoff games of recent times. But statistically, uh, I had them side by side. The Chiefs of today are almost complete clones of uh, of that Tennessee Titans team. They both have a very good defense. They've forced a ton of turnovers. Their passing game has been uh, conservative, which I always assess as code for not all that good. Uh, they uh, Kerry Collins' stat line is about the exact same as Alex Smith's with a uh, little lower uh, completion percentage. But the unifying thing is that the Titans, in their 9-0 start, had an opponent win loss record of 34 and 47. Uh the Chiefs opponents are a combined 28 and 49 so far this year. So um, not anything to apologize for. They're still 9 and 0, but uh it's interesting that there has been a recent precedent for a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and uh things didn't turn out all that well for them.
1: That's funny, I don't remember that Titans team at all (laughs) And even you talking about it, it's like, gosh, that was only five years ago I don't remember that at all But I mean, that's probably the fate of this Kansas City Chiefs team this year too Is four years from now, nobody's going to remember this team And Alex Smith will probably be out of the NFL And none of the the team will still be together, kind of like the Titans team was But Mm -hmm. that is kind of funny, and I don't remember that Titans team at all
0: yeah, I don't think many people do, because that, that was kind of a weird season, anyways. You had the Cardinals in the Super Bowl, you had Favre as a Jet, uh, the Packers stunk. So that season is, as a whole is kind of a blur to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I sort of remember that Titans team only for that playoff game with the Ravens. Um, Carolina hosting Arizona was a divisional playoff game that year. Did, so did they still have Delhomme at that time? They did. He threw five picks. Ah. Uh. Uh, it was a, it was a rough uh, rough year. Very weird. Um, the uh, Probably the most memorable thing about the 2013 Chiefs is I think Deadspin had it But there's a, a gif that somebody made of Andy Reid like, running into the locker room And he kind of has a funny look on his face But somebody uh, video edited in like a wall And then when he runs through it, it bursts And then a, a big a speech bubble comes up that says Oh yeah, like the Kool-Aid man <laughs> So that's probably uh, the thing I'll remember the most about the Chiefs this year um i guess i don't really have anything else to to talk about today i know we've you know this is kind of a traumatic week and i don't even know usually we talk a lot about the future of the packers and right now we've done that and it doesn't look all that bright anyways but a very strange week in the NFL, for uh, or as a whole in the NFL, with Aaron Rodgers getting injured, and I don't know if we wanted to comment at all on some of the bigger stories. Uh, there, of course, was the bullying case in in Miami uh, with uh, Richie Incognito, uh, I, and and now I feel bad that I remembered his name and not the person that he bullied. Um, do you remember the the player?
1: Uh, Martin. I can't remember his yeah. name. Jonathan Martin. Is it?
0: Yeah, well, it's something Martin, yeah, and so now that just (laughs) kind of is the whole thing where you're not supposed to remember the perpetrators, you're supposed to think of the victims, but unfortunately that's not how it works all the time. And then also the two very scary incidents involving head coaches, so do we want to comment on either of those?
1: Sure, and and it is Jonathan Martin. Okay. Um, I guess we can real quick, so I guess on the first one, I mean, if you've been listening to Sports Talk over the last two days, you've heard every single angle of this, nothing new has really come out of it, but to me, I guess, without... I, it just seems like we're still waiting on some more things to come out with this, mm-hmm. because from what it sounds like, everybody is backing incognito within the locker room and in the league, and everybody from the outside is thinks he's the worst guy in the world, and it sure seems like that from his comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that to me, I think it's a little early to, to comment too much. I think incognito's a not a real smart guy, and he's I mean he's got a past. I was watching some video today on I think it was TMZ had it on. Uh, and it was about him in a bar, like with his shirt off, like yelling. And I think he said like the N word again, and was just swearing up. And he just just seems like a crazy guy. But yeah, I, well, I awesome. guess I don't have too much of a, an opinion on this so far, other than I think the, the Dolphins did the right thing by suspending him.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably the best way to go. And if, if these allegations completely uh, turn out to be true and valid, um, either way, I mean. You you wonder about a guy who even is that willing to use that kind of language and be that dramatic, he at the very least sounds, you know, a little nuts. And uh even you know, even if he wasn't as malicious as his words sound, which I, I guess I don't really care. If he made the guy feel uncomfortable he probably should be dismissed and right. you know, I I might not mean it, but if I use that language at work I bet I'd never work again in the industry <laughs> probably. And that goes for everybody. And I don't know. I kind of feel like you. I'm not ready to call him the worst person in the world. But at the very least, he sounds a little bit deranged and not somebody I think I would want on a football team. And if it turns out this is true, in all honesty, I'm a little bit disappointed in Joe Philbin that it kind of took this long for uh, for them to find out that all this was going on.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree. But at the same time, I guess maybe how would he know? I mean, if the things are on text and voice messages and, and the Jonathan Martin's not complaining to people you know, yeah, that's in true. public fashion, I guess how would you? So I I don't know, and I'm sure that you're not going around. He's not going yelling the n word at at Martin when the coach is right there either. So yeah. I don't know. I've heard things about that too. That coaches a lot of times have players that report to them and everything, but maybe nobody knew. So
0: well, and this guy was a team know. captain too, so he might have had influence over the other people that could have been whistleblowers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as it as I mentioned, it seems like everybody in that locker room's backing Incognito as well on this. So um, I think it's just it's a little early, and I think we'll hear some more info that'll kind of give us some more. Concrete opinion on this But I, I guess I don't have anything fresh To add to the topic at this point
0: <laughs> Hearing people back him And hearing people back Greg Schiano uh, After he, him leaking Personal information about Josh Freeman And just being an outright douchebag Most of the times It really makes me think More and more That so many of these NFL players Are just complete idiots um, and I don't know if you feel that way But sometimes Like it's kind of a, a, a sidestep, but a lot of times you hear fans who are just so excited when they oh they get to meet a player. Oh, don't you want to meet this player? I want to talk to this guy. And I sound like a total jerk, and, and maybe I am, but I never have any desire to meet any of these really NFL players. I like, I like to comment on things and talk about them, and some of them I admire. Um, and a lot of them, I think, are really solid guys, are really smart, have good backgrounds. But there's some that just seem like dopes, and I, I'd kind of rather just keep my distance, and I'll enjoy what they do as a craft, and I hope everything goes well for them, but once you kind of learn about not all of them most of them are probably great but some of them that you learn about like richie incognito maybe some of the people backing him some of those people in tampa bay you're just like some of these guys are just you know if they weren't really good athletes you'd wonder what their lives would be like
1: right yeah completely agree i mean how can you go out and openly back you know a guy who's saying these kind of things at this point i don't understand it either and they're I heard Antra roll some I think it was him today that said something about, like, Jonathan Martin deserving it or something like that. I'm, I'm not even sure, but I've heard a lot of things about that, and you kind of wonder how that even crosses your brain.
0: Yeah. Well, and you, and then you have other guys like Brandon Merriweather who, you know, tries to take out dudes' knees now because I can't go to the head, so i got to right. tackle him like a torpedo at their knees, apparently never taking an anatomy class and realizing he has two big appendages attached to his shoulders that might be helpful tackling. Mm-hmm. But... Some of these, and it sounds horrible because most of them are probably like Aaron Rodgers and Donald Driver, and they're just really good people who happen to be really smart people that are really really good at football. But uh, there's some of them that are giving them all a bad name. Um, and then, as far as the coaches are concerned, this is such a weird thing. I mean, we've had emergencies with coaches, and I remember, um, you know, um, Marv Levy having a cancer scare, and I believe Dan Reeves had another one, um, kind of, or he had a heart problem, I think, in 2002, 2003, something like that. So there's there is a precedent set for these kind of medical crises, crises. But both of these guys, John Fox having uh, needing a heart procedure, which I guess was somewhat planned for him, but we didn't know about it and then potentially a stroke of some kind for Gary Kubiak. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it sounds stupid to lump it in with the injuries, because you can It's totally different. But these are relatively young men, and it doesn't look very good for the NFL brand when the players are getting hurt at what seems to be an, an accelerated rate. And now coaches are getting so stressed that their health is deteriorating when they're still relatively young from a, uh, from a life standpoint.
1: Right. Well, to me, it's no surprise. I, I mean, look at just like a regular manager in a business. that They don't have the the whole media scrutinizing what they do. And, and a lot of those guys have heart issues and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, these NFL coaches are putting in 12-hour days, and everybody's scrutinizing their every move. And it's really the only position in, in the country where everybody thinks that they can do it better than you can, you yeah. know, when they're watching the games. and. You know, if you get fired, everybody on your staff is fired. I mean, there's so much pressure that goes with this. And then on top of that, you know, you're a 50-, 60-year-old man. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it just kind of seems like the stars are aligned for just, like, a ton of medical issues with these guys. And I'm almost surprised it doesn't happen more. Mm-hmm. Um, the weirdest thing to me, at least, though, is it seems like a lot of these things over the past few years, whether, like, basketball coaches or NFL coaches, there seems to be a lot of issues with dehydration. Mm. And it seems to be a lot of coaches that end up in the hospital because they're dehydrated and, I don't quite understand that. I, I guess you don't usually see coaches just sipping on a water bottle during the game or anything, but you would think that would be something that's pretty easily manageable, even if you're stressed out.
0: Well, if they're 50 or 60, then undoubtedly when they first learned football, they had one of those uh, stupid high school head coaches that are like, you're going to run 84 miles and you can't drink water till you finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, I, I don't know. That is kind of weird, though, that, you know, you would think they would be more in tune to kind of their personal wellness, I guess, that they would, you know, be a little bit more careful. But, you know, they, they make so many sacrifices. I don't know about you, but working on homework or, or, or working now on, you know, your, your job that you can go hours without eating or drinking and all of a sudden you'll be driving home and you'll be, you legitimately can't remember the last time you ate or had like a bottle of water or something. And so I can't imagine what it's like working 18 hour days, six, right. seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, well wishes to uh, both of those guys and to all the other seemingly walking wounded and stressed out and everybody in the NFL. It's kind of a um, I don't even know. It's it's a very weird time right now for the NFL. It. it It's definitely not crumbling, but you have the concussions and you have, you know, this Richie Incognito thing. It's like all of kind of the things that football has held sacred. Hard work, sacrifice, toughness, um, being, you know, having a locker room where you're one of the boys. What stays in the locker room or what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Uh, Coaches working long hours, hard hits. You know, it it almost seems like every single thing that the NFL has filled with their Vince Lombardi tapes and their John Facenda highlights for years and years are all kind of uh, almost being challenged by the circumstances this year.
1: Right, it's definitely a crossroads. I mean, it seems like these last two years every single issue has come up and they're gonna to have to deal with it. So if depending on how they deal with these things, they could definitely change, you know, the future of the league. So
0: mm-hmm. they've done a
1: pretty good job so far keeping things pretty much status quo, but if I mean if these kind of things keep happening, it's gonna keep challenging the league to to have to do something about it. I mean, who would have thought that bullying would have been an issue in the NFL? I mean you mm-hmm. just don't even think about that, so mm-hmm. um you know i'm sure they'll address it and they'll probably throw millions at bullying programs at schools and things like that <laughs> yeah. but yeah it just like you said it seems like every single thing that could be an issue has been an issue
0: yeah and it, it's i don't know if it's affected you at all it's just I still love football and like I, for some reason, I decided to watch the entire Texans Colts game on Sunday night and despite what happened to Gary Kubiak, which put a huge damper on everything, it was just such a fun game and you really didn't expect it to be any good at all. And, you know, that Dolphins Cincinnati game was really good and and so I still enjoy watching football, but the more these things keep happening, it just, it kind of feels less fun sometimes, and I don't know if it's us being more aware of things and being adults or uh, living in modern culture where information is so available, but I don't know about you, but some weeks, especially after your star quarterback gets hurt, it just, I'm not really looking forward to this weekend at all uh, (laughs) to to watch football, and that's kind of a weird position to be in.
1: Yeah, I I completely hear you. I mean, everything like this that happens, I mean, just kind of chips away a little bit, I think, yeah. And how we all view the game. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you there.
0: All right. Well, I I think we can probably stop talking. We've talked about just about everything here, and uh, I'm still kind of angry about what happened. But it's it's not really anybody's fault. It just is. Although I did blame people on the website, but it was not no <laughs> nobody <laughs> meant it to happen. It's just that uh, kind of irritated by Ted still using the the cheapest and the youngest people he can find, and and McCarthy seemingly. Uh, not recognizing how good his run game is. Those are kind of my big concern or my big complaints that I said led to the Aaron Rodgers injury, which, um, I call it a quick slant because I write it before I think about it. So, <laughs> hopefully, uh, you'll give me a little bit of a grain of salt if you're, uh, reading that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show and comment on any of the number of things we talked about today, you can go on our Facebook page. That's probably the best place to do it. We've been much more active on there lately and have some really good conversation going uh, all throughout the week. So definitely uh, stop by there. That's Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is www green gold forever that's the number four dot podbean dot com um probably didn't have to give the www that's probably the most well-known thing in the world right now but uh whatever uh you can also email us at green and gmail at gmail.com and uh, we'll try to respond to you as well Oh, While well, the Packers are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, it was going to be very interesting anyways with Nick Foles throwing seven touchdown passes yesterday, once again proving how useless passing stats have become to gauge who's good and who's not in the modern NFL. But very, very weird, probably the weirdest uh, week leading up to a game that I can remember in a long, long time. What are your expectations for Sunday, and can, uh, not only can, but will the Packers win?
1: I have, I have no expectations for this Sunday. I have no idea what to expect. I mean, honestly, I could, the Eagles have been so hit and miss, and now the Packers, we haven't seen the Packer team that's going to be taking the field on Sunday yet. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers won You know, a low-scoring game like 24-17, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lost 42-10 to either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could really go either way. Um, I think... If, I mean, if we're doing things the same as we have now, if Seneca Wallace is our starting quarterback, I think the Eagles are a good enough team that I don't think that we can beat them. Um, I guess I shouldn't say that they can't, but I don't think that they will. So I think, as is, if Seneca, Seneca Wallace is our starting quarterback going into Sunday, I say the Packers lose this one, um, I'm going to say 30-17. to
0: Yeah, and the big thing, obviously, is how Seneca Wallace plays. And I have a little bit of hope. Uh, as much as I want that hope to just die so it would be so much easier to watch football games, I have a little bit of hope that Seneca Wallace will be much improved this week. Um, if you remember, Flynn came in in that Aaron Rodgers concussion game, and he was horrible. They lost 7-3. to three. They couldn't do hardly anything. The only real threat they had ended in an interception in the end zone, and it was just completely brutal, and we were all thinking, you know, this is going to be the worst, and this guy can't play, and what are they going to do if they don't have Aaron Rodgers? And then he got a full week of practice, and he went to Foxborough to play the Patriots, and he matched Tom Brady throw for throw. And I think we don't have quite as good a supporting cast as we had in 2010, uh, but there's still some good guys out there. You still have Jordy, you have James Jones. With a full week of practice, I think that Seneca Wallace will be much better than he was on Monday night. I don't know if that's going to be good enough to win. I think that the Eagles are a scary matchup with what they do against the Packers. They certainly have enough weapons to put a ton of pressure on Dom's defense, and the fact that Seneca Wallace is playing quarterback means that they're gonna be absolutely fearless. So I think it's gonna be close, but I think it's gonna be very similar to how it was on Monday night. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty four to seventeen Eagles. Okay, Matt, uh, is there anything else that we didn't get a chance to cover That you want to throw in real quick?
1: No, I think we covered pretty much everything
0: Yeah, and I think we did too So hopefully this uh, podcast was somewhat enjoyable It's obviously some really crappy circumstances right now For Green Bay Packer fans um, But, you know, that kind of happens sometimes And Bears fans, Lions fans, Vikings fans For those of you who are kind of jerks and are probably really happy about what happened, remember that Aaron Rodgers will be back next year no matter what. So keep that in mind. All right, so we'll uh, talk to you next week after hopefully a Seneca Wallace seven-touchdown performance against the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, You never know, but uh, sometimes you do. Uh, For Matt in Eau Claire, I'm Eric in, uh, I almost said Green Bay. I'm actually in Oshkosh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care, everyone.